Before we start, the material in this podcast is very dark. We will be discussing violent crimes against adults and children. This episode contains mature adult content not appropriate for minors or adults with large sticks up their asses. The kind of spectacle that will make you question your morals. Listener discretion is advised. empty all of the devils are here faces of death round two welcome everybody it's the boys from illinois the pub time podcast that's right that is right we have the kansas city butcher robert tap tonight oh god we're going to talk about two of my favorite things that are really near and dear to my heart (laughs) and that is kidnapping and copious amounts of forced Anal sex. I have to ask you why. Why is kidnapping near near and dear to your heart? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just always thought it'd be cool one time to kidnap someone or, or to be, be kidnapped. Kid- I don't know. Either one would probably be okay. I disagree completely. I feel like you would have a similar feeling, whether you were the kidnappee or the kidnapper. Yeah, it would be like, I immediately regret this decision. I want traditional kidnapping, too. White van, no windows, bag the head right in the back door and gone. Like, it never happened. Just join a fraternity. That's, I don't know. I don't know where you, I don't know where you sign up for these kinds of things, so. <laughs> That's bizarre. That's one of the wildest things. I have not made it up in my mind yet if I want to be the giver or the receiver. Oh, the kidnapping, of course, but the... <laughs> It's although it's not up there with the the most extreme things that you have said, it's certainly the most I don't know, interesting. All right. Face when it comes to faces of death. You ever watch Hoarders? Yes. Do you ever watch that? When is the show the best? Um what is involved in those shows when they are the best? The best shows are when there's usually, like, they dig up a dead dead animal somewhere in the home. There's copious amounts of feces. Yes. (laughs) Feces is the trump card. And I feel like Faces of Death is so much better when feces is involved. And our our boy Rob is bringing... Bringing the feces? Oh, my God. So much. (laughs) Too much, actually. Um, So before we get into Mr. Verdella... Um, we still have some voting going on between 
Albert Fish and Big Larry Al. Bright. The human pincushion. I am surprised by the support. Not great support, but there is a little bit of support there for Larry Bright. I think yeah, it's, it's mostly some local Cubs. local flavor. Yeah, yeah. That are Cubs fans, you know, just some underdog guys. I guess. Um, I mean, Albert Fish, definitely more uh, notorious. Notorious, prolific. I mean, and sick. He was definitely more twisted than Larry Bride. I mean. And it, it makes me think again back on last year's you know, Faces of Death, the one and eight matchup between Ted Bundy and Ed Kemper, and how. Not as many fireworks this go around. No, no, not at all. And just to think about how that might have played out had we seeded things a little more appropriately. Um, because. Yeah, Son of Sam's eight. Should have been. Ted's sure. walking into the semis. So what if those two would have traded places last year? Where would that have put Ed? That against... puts Ed against Gacy, and he probably doesn't beat him. No? I don't think so. Gacy won at all. Right, that's true. Over Big Ed, right? <clears throat> and John Wayne Gacy, heavyweight champion. <clears throat> so that would have put him against Gacy round one. Really? And, and we discussed, I mean, in that alley... Gacy leaves the grease paint on. Like, you're fighting the clown. Not chubby construction guy. Sure, but... You're fighting the clown with a rope in one hand and a rock-hard penis in the other. (laughs) And this was the first person that um, could match Big Ed size-wise. He's not as tall, but... Maybe just weight. weight. Same weight class. Yeah, it'd be like Butterbean V... Whoever. Vladdy Klitschko. <laughs> Which um, I'd be okay with that, too. You know, I wish that we had the opportunity to ask, like, an Ed Kemper, how do you think you, you would fare against John Wayne Gacy in a anything-goes dark alley face-off? Yes, no holes barred. I, I get the sense that he would not be entertained by our... No, our not. banter. Maybe he'd get it though. I don't know. That he might get he it. He would probably almost be disturbed by our, I don't know, glorification of it as it may be perceived. As much as we say we don't want to, maybe just hit up Dennis Rader. No, I think he'd shoot us straight. He might, but he'd probably want you to pay him for it. He seems like that guy. I'll send him money. some fucking pantyhose pictures or something to begin with, and <laughs> we'll get him right. Th- you get them right. Do you think then... they let those people have contact with the outside world? Oh, for I know they do. For sure. I know have you do. ever looked up if anyone's ever corresponded with these people, the ones that are still living? No, they absolutely do. But, I mean, but saying, they, like... they return correspondence? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Not just well, family. Fuck, nobody's but... talking to them, you know what I mean? That, I don't imagine their family is, has much to do with these no. fucking so, people anymore. But seriously, though, you've come across situations where... The murder museum... They had tons of letters back and forth. Jeffrey Dahmer was must have been a fucking author because tons of letters he sent back and forth. Just to random people. And there's men and women out there that like want to legit marry them. You know, right. it's a it has a certain, you know, name for it. This uh affliction. It's, yeah, it is, right? Well, it's yeah. It's gotta be. You got some guys fucking chopped up and ate 
20 or 30 people. It's not like you're trying it's not to like married. there's a, you know, in like Dahmer's case, it's not like there's a pension there or something you're after. <laughs> and I don't know what trade what trade he was a part of, but what the sex trade? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I don't know if people that. listen to that. I really th- we could I wish we would have planned that out better and just done an entire episode on that. What's that? The, Trades for sex workers. Yeah. I, I that would have been we'll have to maybe pocket that one for Yeah. November sometime. A bonus episode. Yeah. Of sorts. Bonus or boner? Both. <laughs> bonus boner. Which episode. which trade is most likely to give you a boner? Or maybe we could just pick random people and we draft them into what trade we feel like best suits them. Yeah. That's possible. Like when we talked about it though on that live, it seemed like it was tough to narrow it down. And you to... keep saying double anal, like it's going to be its own. I don't think it is. <laughs> what do you Those mean? Those are just the superintendents of the anal, you know, trade union. They're running the show. <clears throat> yeah, maybe you got the so. apprentice down here just plugging it, just starting right. to plug. And if you're taking two, maybe more. You're definitely in Has charge. Has there been? Well, I'm sure there has been, but have you ever have you oh ever my seen? God. I've got some fucking videos I'll send you, man. <laughs> have you this seen? It fucking looks like fire hydrants coming out of the thing. It just blows my mind. How you would ever hold a fart Look, in, ever. Logistically, again. I don't know how you could get three of them. I told you the human ass could comfortably... I, I, I'm Two not talking about live raccoons. I'm not talk, your ass can. I'm not talking about like not someone who's been training the capacity of. The, <laughs> I'm not talking about the capacity of an ass hole specifically. Just logistically, I don't know how you get three penises that are attached to human beings. Logistically, I feel like the human anus is. Capable of wonderful things. But the anus has nothing to do with this. Like, logistically, how do you get three dicks in an ass? I, how deep? Just it all. You I just got to get in the door? I. But how, how do Teamwork. you... Teamwork. What do you think this, like, looks what? like? Oh, I... I mean, so, you got the traditional, like... I'm thinking you got to go... One guy on bottom, reverse, one guy on top. You got to go reverse glory hole situation, which you've seen this before. Reverse glory hole? Yeah, what's what's the usual glory hole? Just some guy yeah. sticks his dick in a wall, right? So you think you the machines have an ass hanging out of a wall? Yeah, I do. But how big About. are these dicks? Like what? Are, are these guys talking? standing hip to hip? Why? Why hip can... to hip, tip to tip? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Logistically, there's, there's going to be a step ladder. Someone has to take top top bunk. Someone's on top bunk, and the guy on bottom probably going to. I feel like one of these would have to be a, a little person. How are you going to get him up there? I don't know. The I teamwork, like you said. Work Davis is not in this. <laughs> I don't know how we prop him up. I mean, I, just to, beyond the, you know, whatever fucked up part okay. of it, I just want to know how it's possible. All right. I change, I'm changing my game plan. It's got to be on all fours. We got to stay low to the ground. Just so everybody can kind of... you got to have someone coming from the bottom. Oh, yeah. And sure. someone coming from the top. Where but I don't know how that middle person... How they fit in? Gets there. Oh, man. I don't know. Because the guy, the guy on top... None of these people can be fat people. The guy on top's being really greedy. He's taking up more space than he needs. He needs to get both knees on one side. And I don't know if that's capable. I 
they're going to have to hold each other up like so, Eiffel Towers. That's what it is. Do you think you get two guys with both their knees on either side? And they're going to need fair, how, like they're going to need fairly long peckers. Yes, just because <laughs> yes, gigantic. They're not, not going to be able. The space is an issue. And typically, the the typically. longer the longer they get, yeah. the wider they get, which just makes things even more interesting at the point of attack. They're going to get real friendly before it's all said and done. I, oh gosh. This is like one of those brain puzzles you see. Rubbin's racing, okay? <laughs> That's your, all I imagine. You Cold scroll trickles. through your phone and you see those videos, those ad videos where it's like some trick, you know, some some puzzle you need to solve. If you can solve this, you're a genius. Well, I tell you what, if you can tell me how three human dicks attached to human beings can fit into one asshole at the same time. I imagine Robert Duvall is the lube man on this set. <clears throat> like I said, Rubbin's racing. We're getting in there. We're getting them talked up. Like I said, those two guys, their knees need to be on the outside of the bottom, man. He needs to occupy as little space as possible. He needs to kind of bring himself in. What if, like... But like I said, if they... What if lean she on like a teepee, lays flat on bottom guy, top guys, like, tee across no, her... No, you cannot top guy. No, because then the other guy's got to come in between. Twixt. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> adding at least four inches. Oh. We're going to need a... <laughs> Ugandan giant <laughs> to fill this void. That's the thing. I think two. Okay, I see how two works. That's a, that's like easy peasy, but it's a huge leap. Easy peasy. To three. Say that for yourself. Huge leap to three. Like you said, number three is gonna have to be. There's logistics, like you said. This now we're we're gonna have to engineer this thing. Yeah, number three is gonna have to be packing. Yeah, with your idea, mine. Mm, eh. I don't know. And you're also going to have to have a The lady cannot have a big fat ass. No, yeah. You're going to have to, like, this, hey, ladies with no ass, this is your calling. Yes. Threesome. Flat ass. (laughs) You are the prime candidate for the sodomy trifecta. I'm going to look it up now. As soon as this is over, I'm looking this up. I know. I can't stop thinking about it. Google search. I need to know. It's happened. No way is this the first time. This is oh, I, I have no doubt in my mind it's probably happened. I just don't know how. There's a lot of strange shit out there. I've seen a lot of magic tricks. I've seen them happen. I just don't know how. Okay, so we need David David Copperfield. Oh, I thought you were going whatever. David Blaine. Or David Blaine, Chris Angel. Line them up. Yeah, bring them all. What is it? Penn and Teller? It's been a while. I ain't seen those guys. <laughs> Better tell her before you pin her. <laughs> well, tell her probably be the one taking it. <clears throat> So, now that we have thoroughly <laughs> discussed the logistics of three-way sodomy, <laughs> not forced, of course. No, completely consensual, always. Now let's get into the forced. That's what we should be sponsored by. What? Consensual, consensual always? Consens- consensuality. Always. What pub is that? T- is that something? No, it could, could be Could it now, be something? Like the Pub Time Podcast brought to you by consensuality. No means no. That's right. Not tonight. Unless it doesn't. doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it doesn't. Depends on how much whiskey you've had. So our friend Robert Berdella. It's probably the last time we'll refer to him as our friend. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Born on January 31st, 1949 in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Uh, He was the first of two sons born to Robert and Mary Berdella. 
His father was a devout Roman Catholic. Of Say, no Say no more. Say no more. Now we now a- we know. Ain't no makes sense. Say no more. Um, his family regular regularly attended mass, and both of the boys regularly attended religious education courses. I feel I haven't read this yet. Was he but trained? I, I don't know shit was, about this was guy. Was he trained, or was he born this way? I feel like I have an idea where this is going. <clears throat> Am I going to be right? What, that it's religiously based? Is he ever sodomized by a man in a wizard costume? <laughs> Can the you tell K- me? The KKK has not nothing that, to do with this. Not that wizard costume. Robert Byrd was never up inside <laughs> him, okay? Um, no, I, I would I would fair to say it's probably a pretty good... Uh, that would be a pretty good guess. It's not in here, but, but I would, I'm, a, I'm just going to... To be fair. On a limb. To be fair. I'm going to go out on a limb. Your limb, though, is is a huge limb. Did I? Were I, you? Did I ever discuss tw- in the last twenty years? There's been half a billion assault cases directed at said church that have just been taken care of financially. Half a billion. That's a lot. Four hundred and fifty-five million cases of assault have basically just been swept under the rug taken care of out of court you know how i think you could solve this problem 20 years kill them well, I mean, we've, we've discussed this not that this should be a whatever but there's a way i think you could you could go a long ways to solving this problem is this whole oath of celibacy you just you gotta well, that's cross one. that then, one out why would you have altered boys cross that you know one I mean? out why, let, why, why do you have children hey, participate in the You church let like the that? priest and the nuns just be a fuck shack at the monastery or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, you know, I live across from where some very nice, friendly nuns live. Fuck shack. I yeah. think if you do that. Pickle patch. I think if you just sit there and you, you take that rule away, I mean, they're at least going to spend a while. Well, I told you I was raised Episcopalian, which is very similar to Catholic, although that rule does not exist. They can be married. They can, you know what I mean? Surprise, it hasn't gotten more popular due to that fact alone. Yeah. That's kind of <clears throat> weird. The mass is very similar. It's hard to sit through a man. Um, so obviously by now we've learned that we probably don't have much of a Catholic following. <laughs> so that or they agree with us have i, I asked know. you have you have you ever seen that movie spotlight no you'd watch it kenny kenny told me to watch it too I you need should. to watch it seriously it's about this it's yeah, about I, that whatever i know you need to watch it i i think i have started like i said man i uh it's one you need to sit down and watch though like not yeah i'm gonna have to get into it yeah. i tried to turn it on at night and psh, yeah dad's out um so as a child uh Robert was intelligent, but he was a loner, rarely played outside, seldom had friends um, to visit and socialize with, had a speech impediment, and wore thick glasses, so it sounds like he was kind of a nerd. Um, he he looks like one of the Hanson brothers with them glasses on. Oh, like Slapshot? Oh, yeah. They put the foil thick, on? fucking thick. Um, he was diagnosed with high blood pressure, from which he took several medications, and was largely unathletic, whereas his younger brother Daniel which was his seven-year younger brother, Daniel, um, displayed an aptitude for various sports from an early age. Um, 
the father valued sports and physical education and viewed his older son's lack of interest in sports as a sign of failure. Uh, we've all met these people. You sound um, like Daniel. It's almost like the story was written about you. I sound like Daniel. A little bit. Um, I, I don't know about that. Aptitude for various sports. His father valued him and his physical education. Um, I don't know if you could say my father Look valued my physical education. I You're mean, statuesque. Statuesque. Um, I'm the the perfect display of athleticism. All that is man. Uh, so, you know, dad really values sports. He kind of uh, looks down on Robert because of his lack of ability and kind of unfavorably compares him to his brother. And so on occasion, um, dad would physically and emotionally abuse both kids, beating them with a leather strap. Now, I mean, we've all taken a taken one with the belt at some point in time. Back yeah. in the day. I think the world kind of missing it a little bit sometimes these I days. I don't disagree. But you know, I don't think you should beat your kids, but I think there there should be, you know This doesn't look discipline. good discipline. Bobby's got daddy issues coming out the gate. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This is not just, gonna fare well for us. He's other got people. inferiority complex. Obviously he has the the shining star brother. Dad's all about brother. But it doesn't sound like dad discriminates, though. Dad beats the piss out of both of them, if at least right now. Line, yeah, yeah. He just probably um, shows a little more love to the so quarterback. So maybe as expected, Robert performs well academically, uh, but his teachers found him difficult to teach. Uh, mostly kind of his personality. He was very aloof, and you know he got bullied a lot by their students, which I'm sure made him more uh, withdrawn. Um, because, he's so, because of this, he seldom socialized with any of his peers, and when he reached puberty, he discovered that he was homosexual. Um, initially, he kept the fact uh, kind of close to the vest and tell anybody, but then he came became more open about it. Um, you know, did not become more open about it for several years, but nonetheless, in his early teens, he briefly did have a girlfriend. Probably cover up scenario. Like, yeah, Jim Edmonds treatment. He just trying to throw the scent off the trail. <laughs> Why are you coming at Jim Ed- Jim Edmonds like that? Are you kidding me? You've seen the picture. Everybody's seen the picture. I don't think I have. Gra- grabbing cocks at home plate. I mean, it's kind of weird. I don't know. You I, think it's just a, I think it's just a baseball thing. Grabbing cocks at home plate after a home run? Maybe. Baseball whip thing. That, whip that motherfucker. You want baseball tonight in America? Whip that thing out then. Fuck. You ever heard like... Go said, hard the, in the, the paint? Chest, has a chest bump. The, the dick bump. No. this. <laughs> he had a handful of pecker. You've seen this picture. In a Cardinals uniform. Baseball guys are weird, It was man. probably Albert Pujols. Probably. I don't know. Moises Alou pissed on his hands because he thought they made him stronger. I don't know what to tell you. These guys are fucking strange. I don't know. The only, the only sports is different. The only know. athletes the only, the only athletes that are more strange than baseball players are hockey players. Hockey players are some uniquely strange individuals. Did I, but nobody ever fucks with them about it because they know that they'll knock your fucking teeth out. Did I ever send you that story? So, you know, when I got the big bone about rugby, I fucking kind of got into it a little bit. There's some guy like in the NRL, uh, played for like Australia's national team. Like he was a big name dude. He's playing in the grand final one year, which is like their Super Bowl. And in the first period, he takes a fucking... Wicked shot. 
He doesn't know what's going on. He's fucking hurting. He knows shit's not good. He played till half. Just go to the locker room and find out that his testicle was outside of his ball bag. And that's how he played the next 25 minutes. Not knowing that it was outside of his ball bag. Jesus. Those guys wear short enough shorts. You think you'd be able to check that one out? He has the medic take care of it. At halftime? And he finishes the game. You so probably get some glue or something to say, glue this thing back together. So I used I mean, to always think, like, you ever heard the story of Jack, uh, is it True Blood or Young Blood? I can't remember. Played for the Rams back in the day with, like, two tall Jones. He breaks his leg in the Super Bowl when right. he plays the rest of the fucking game. I did hear about that. So for the longest time here, I'm thinking, I'm like, that's a fucking man. This guy's got his coin purse flipped inside out and going to finish the game. Like, that blows my mind. I don't give a fuck what game it is. I think that if you took, like, a spike or something to the sack, I mean, your sack, I feel like, can withstand some pretty decent... But I'm saying, in the game of rugby, you're not wearing anything. Yeah. That fucker's going to get hit again. So, yeah, I, I totally get that maybe the initial shot that opened up the coin purse... I totally get right. it. And but you I might mean, have enough adrenaline pumping at the time. 45 if, fucking minutes later, no way. But I'm Next thinking motherfucker touches if, my sack, I'm going to kill him. I don't know. But see, I don't know, man. You think that... Or I'm going to curl up in the fetal position. I bet you that they probably shoved that thing back in there, either glued it or sewed it. A couple it whip stitches Back in there, together. Yeah. Maybe threw a little lidocaine. You're saying that like maybe, it's not a big maybe issue. Maybe smeared a little lidocaine on the incision. Grab, grab your ball bag right now and just pull. Just pull. I'm good. How, how far you want me to pull this thing? What are you talking about? I'm just saying. You you act like, oh, they just threw a couple stitches in there. I couldn't imagine someone taking any sharp now, objects. My, I'd be more, you know, what could have happened to the lone soldier that's outside of the bunker? Yeah, he's probably not good <laughs> you know right I mean? now. Or, you know, we've all had that where it gets twisted up in there somehow. Like, in, like oh. can you imagine that thing's all tangled around? Like... God, that'd be reminds, way worse. Do you remember that fucking tether game? Yes. On, that's exactly what happened to his like, coin purse. Could you could you imagine if it got out and wrapped itself around? Oh, it did. Your it coin purse? To. Like, I just don't that I'd be way more concerned about that than So I imagine the, the I imagine it's, fucking wrinkly skin it's that holds my with balls that together. Thing that I have to take out of my chicken tenders before I cook them. You know that <laughs> white tube, that weird You ever buy like boneless chicken tenders? Yeah. It's got that weird. I know what you're talking it's about. It's like, like a white vein, tendon, or something. or something. Yeah, I feel like that's what the ball bags basically held together with. Yeah. So you're right; it could have basically tied itself in like, knot. That would have been more of a concern to me, like than, like I said, than the. Maybe he had children at the time. Maybe he gave him the old Ronnie lot and just said, "Nip it off, off with it. Nip it off. I'll be a ball from now on." <laughs> um. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, how do we even fucking get onto that? Daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> we share it. Uh, so by his mid-teens, Robert began to display um, a little bit of self-confidence. And uh, it would often manifest itself via his attitude to other individuals in which he would exert somewhat of a rude and condescending persona, uh, particularly toward women. And uh, he learned about cooking and art and developed 
you know, some sort of a showmanship about him. And on Christmas Day, 1965, uh, they drove to Canton, Ohio, home of the Football Hall of Fame, to visit his relatives. And that evening, his father had a heart attack. He was 39 years old. Two days later, Robert returns to Cuyahoga Falls uh, by himself. And when he arrived home, his family told him that his father had died. Um, so kind of Robert sought solace in his religion and later extensively, um, and later read extensively about other faiths and became cynical about all religions eventually. All right. So he's got daddy issues. So, yeah. And now he's kind of, he's at that age where he's, you know, quote unquote, becoming a man, you know, shit's changing. He probably will see dad in a different light then. But now dad's gone. Yes. So he never gets to basically make amends there. So that's that's probably something that's going to... Absolutely. And then, you know, religion's probably not the place, uh, especially in the 60s, to turn if you're a homosexual man. Who's been you know, force-fed child raped by the Catholic Church. No, definitely not. Um, you know, so to kind of get into his motive a little bit, you know, so now we're talking 1965, that's the same year his father passed. Um, he saw the film adaptation of the John Fowles novel, The Collector. Have you ever seen? Have not. I've heard other people talk about it. There's another one, um, Flowers in the Attic or something. I've heard of that. Similar. I've heard of that. And so the plot of this film revolves around a disturbed man who stalks and then abducts a young woman uh, that he finds attractive, holds her captive in his windowless stone basement and viewing her as little more than an attractive specimen um, that I'm sure he used and abused. After several weeks, the woman dies of a contracted illness despite her captor's efforts to keep her alive. Uh, Bordello later stated that this movie had formed a lasting impression on him. See, and like I said, I'm kind of into this whole kidnapping idea, but never seen it this, or read it. And it, it's interesting, too, that I find it a common theme throughout all of these that we've done. There's always kind of that... Um, turning point or the catalyst of everything, you know, the thing that creates that lasting impression, you know, and a lot of them make some sort of statement on that. Like this, you know, they have like in their minds, they could almost tell you like, when did, when did everything shift? You know, and in this case, apparently this movie really. Don't you, don't you kind of feel like sometimes, so it's kind of an easy out and like, granted, they're not going to. They're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm a twisted fuck." Well, I don't think this it's, movie didn't have anything to do with. I don't think they blame. I'm not saying just it's like a blame idea. thing. I just think that it it opens their mind to what's possible. It's almost, um, you know, that maybe the seed was there, but this like fucking cultivates the seed. Why? Why don't people ever find movies that like make them want to do good? Intelligent shit. Not even good. Know. Just intelligent shit. Why is that never leaving a lasting? There, but... I'm not sure. Never leaves the lasting effect. It's very unfortunate. Um, so shortly after the death of his father, his mother remarried, and uh, you know this. You know Robert kind of resented this when it happened, and uh, viewed the move as a form of betrayal against his father. And as a result, he became increasingly withdrawn, and kind of further immersed himself in you know solitary activities. That he participated in since childhood, such as painting, collecting coins and stamps, and writing to foreign pen pals. I tell you what, I know the internet and shit didn't exist then, but you ever had a pen those pal? sound like some of the most fucking boring things ever. What? 
Painting? Collecting coins and stamps. Like I get writing pen pals. Okay, that could be interesting. Collecting coins, not Painting. a bad deal, especially back in the sixties. You could have made some fucking change. Now you know what I mean. That's not a bad gig to get into. Okay, I forgot that I'm still talking to the guy that fucking sits down and like writes checks for every single no, one I of don't. his bills. Not anymore. Not anymore. I still have checks. You but... probably physically go to the bank to deposit your paycheck. You probably don't even get direct deposit. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> But they don't fucking offer it to me neither. Oh, really? Bitches. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. So I'm not surprised. Have you ever had a fucking board. pen pal? I think they made no, us. The I think they stupid. made us write like in grade school one time or hell, maybe even like junior high. They made us write to some while. They kind of tried to set us up with a pen pal. So I, I think back then it was more of a thing because my mom told me she had like a Japanese pen pal when she was. 10 years old, which is 150 fucking years ago. Yeah. And they, for years, you know, would write back and forth to each other. Isn't it nuts that, like, to talk to someone, you know, let alone within your country, but on the other side of the world, you know, you basically had to write a letter and and send it to them, and it would probably be a month before you ever heard anything back, where now you can hop on, like, a video call and just talk to that person face-to-face. Yeah. Like, like, instantly. Totally a different world. So, fucking coins and stamps don't sound so bad. Quit being such an ass. Whatever. So, in the summer of 67, he graduates from the Cuyahoga Falls High School. And shortly after that, he relocated to Kansas City. There, he enrolls in the Kansas City Art Institute with aspirations of becoming a college professor. And in his first year at the Institute, um, he was considered an attentive and talented student. Um, although by his second year, he became vocally anti-authoritarian, which was not uncommon in the 60s, I wouldn't say. I mean, a no, lot of people love. Were, yeah. yeah. Um, He's getting all the dick he wants. He, he also became acquainted with a clique of students who supplied him with drugs, again, not uncommon in the 60s, which he then sold to other students at a profit. Um, as such, he require, or acquired a reputation among his fellow students as a minor drug dealer, and in addition, he began abusing alcohol. So, like the acid back then. Let's be let's honest talk about that. He, he's a college student. Like nothing about that. If we didn't have any of this other context about who he was, his life as a very college normal. student is the very atypical college student life. First year, you're just hanging out. You're the freshman. You're good to go. Yeah. Next year, Van Wilder. Yeah, I love it. That's how. That's probably how it should go. And so, um, yeah, I think that that sort of phase for a lot of people is necessary because we've seen it time and time again. Fuck, they make TV shows about it where these people live these sheltered, structured lives and they get to, you know, maybe their mid-20s and they realize all the shit they missed out on. Oh, and fuck, then, the top's coming off yeah, now, boys. And then it causes all sorts of fucking chaos. That's, where that's one thing. I this was is like happy. the non... I, I did that when I was younger. Right. You know, so I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm just more and more like... Fucking old man. It's it's like the non Amish version of Rumspringer, right? Yeah. You can go to college. You just go, like, everybody kind of gives you a pass. As long as you do what you got to do to graduate or get through it, like, everybody everybody expects that you're probably going to get arrested, like, for indecent exposure. Right. Um, You probably get get alcohol poisoning a couple times. So, yeah. Uh, So, in 1969, he voluntarily withdraws from the Art Institute after receiving harsh criticism from the college's administrators for uh, for killing 
What? Killing and cooking a duck. Oh, for killing. I was such a hard stop there. I was like, wait a minute. That's this, not a fucking hard this, stop. This, That's called a comma. This escalated That's called a quickly. fucking comma. <laughs> and you need to use it when you separate two fairly complete thoughts. So I was like, this escalated quickly, which so, it looks like it's going to anyway. On the campus, though, because I do think I kind of remember this a little bit. On the campus, they had a little pond. And they're legit, like, in a classroom. Pond's out there. Sake of art, he's sitting in whatever fucking class. They watch him walk outside, snatch up said duck, twist its fucking head off, brings it back in there, plucks it, starts cooking it. In the name of art. In the name of art. Yeah, so I could see why that might be frowned upon a little bit. That duck might have had a fucking name. Do you remember do you remember how back in the day there was uh this is probably like fifteen years ago, maybe longer. There a couple Iowa wrestlers got yeah, in trouble for guns. hunting rabbits on campus or some shit. Like, speaking of ducks, you ever been to Memphis? Have not. Do you know anything about the Peabody Hotel? Do not. Beautiful old school hotel, right in downtown Memphis, like right off Beale Street. One of the nicest places to stay in Memphis because I'm pretty sure minus Beale Street, Memphis is. Huge pile of shit. Right. Peabody Hotel. 10 in the morning, 10 o'clock at oh, night. Oh, we talked about this. The ducks Didn't come. We? Yeah, they, they have a flock of ducks that live in a penthouse. They're taken care of. How well much groomed. feces do you think is in that? How much duck shit do you think is in that penthouse? No, say feces. I already said hoarders is better when there's feces. So faces of death, no different. Oh, no. These, these I mean, these little motherfuckers. Are are, ducks. Fucking, these are classy ducks. They bring them down, straight line, they walk, they hop in the little fucking fountain, do a little lap, right back on the elevator, back upstairs. Huge thing. People love it. They just do it once a day? 10 o'clock. In the morning, 10 o'clock at night. That's so weird. I'll have to look it up. Peabody um, Hotel. Memphis. So after the duck sacrifice, um, and at this point in his life, he, he's been openly gay now for several years. Uh, begins spending a lot of his free time with male prostitutes, drug addicts, petty criminals, and runaways. Again, this is a pretty common theme through most of these shitbags. Um, what? What's a common theme? The prostitutes, drug addicts, petty criminals, runaways. That's sort of their crowd. I, I have friends. I understand. I have friends that I understand fall this in sounds, each one of those categories. I understand this sounds a lot like your early 20s. Male prostitutes, <laughs> but, drug addicts, <laughs> petty male prostitutes. <clears throat> runaways um so he'd typically befriend these individuals then try to um help free them from their drug addictions which, that sounds like horseshit yeah that's probably a lie if he, if he's a low time dealer he just no i'm gonna spot you one here and there but so in uh you know fast forward now to 1982 so we're jumping jumping ahead about 13 years um he begins renting his own booth at the Westport Flea Market. Um, the store was named, named Bob's Bazaar Bazaar and primarily sold and traded primitive art, jewelry, and antiques. Um, although occasionally making a generous monthly profit, the income he typically generated uh, via this business was often not sufficient to maintain his daily expenses to make ends meet. And as a result, he would occasionally have to either uh, sell goods to fellow merchants 
at a loss or steal or scavenge items to sell at his booth. And, you know, additionally, he would often take uh, lodgers at his home as a means of gaining additional income. So he used Airbnb before. before it was cool. Yeah, shit, yeah. man. And the bizarre, bizarre thing. I'm a huge fan. I love that idea. I, I wouldn't pay flea market. Yeah, not flea market. His shit's probably more like uh, American Picker style. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what was that one up on? Fuck, it was named after the road it's on. That little antique mall. Oh, Pleasant Hill. Pleasant Hill. I used to love going in those places. Yeah. I'm a big fan about shit like that. That part sounds pretty cool. That part, I'll give Bob a pass. I see. I like old stuff. I like history, but for, and just the antique things never really. Well, not antique. And it's just shit. Nobody else wants. Yeah, it says bizarre, bizarre. So he might have old shit, but it's gonna be weird old shit. Which huge fan. Um, so at his work premises, Berdella became acquainted with a fellow merchant named Paul Howell, uh, who operated a booth adjacent to his, and soon they became. Uh, he became acquainted with Paul's younger son, Jerry, and initially Jerry Howell and his friends scathed and taunted Berdella over his overt homosexuality. Although, according to Robert, Jerry Howell later confided in him that he and his friends occasionally earned money as male prostitutes. So, so the old bait and switch. Yep, you're going to call a guy out for sucking dick, and then... it is. It does almost seem common common i don't know but people who are strongly Please? strongly homophobic I, I love their, gay people i'll almost, be the first one to tell yeah. you that right now <laughs> it's almost their attempt to try to distance themselves because either they a feel like they have behaviors that could be associated as homosexual or they actually do have some secret homosexual tendencies let's talk about it brad because i feel like nowadays the I think uh, Robert Boudbay said it best when those he lines are blurred. You know what I mean? Is that Robert Boudbay? I'm pretty sure it is. No, Robin Thick. Robin Thick. Thick. Oh God damn it, Alan Thick's son. Yes. I think those lines are blurred nowadays. What do you think? In terms of like, did it? Well, I don't know. Back I think, to back to our. Th- I think for women, the lines are a lot blurrier than they are for men. What do you mean? I think it's more, I don't know, women... More acceptable? Wi- nah, yeah, well, probably. That's one Why point. Why should sure. it be, though? I'm not saying. I just think it is. I'm, yeah. um, I think that women... Can your uh, toxic masculinity not let you see through this for what it truly <laughs> is? Is that what so this is? So fucking toxic. Is it? I think that women see the see beauty in whatever form it may come in. And so like, I think women, there's women who genuinely find other women to be beautiful and are sexually attracted to them let's um, let's let's i've never looked let's, at you ryan and said god you are beautiful the fuck to you haven't <laughs> let's go on the outside of this though i guarantee there's women out there straight straight as an arrow married maybe not they could watch two guys like some guy blowing another guy and be like fuck that's hot you know what i mean i don't know oh i think so see i think but Women, I've heard straight women say that, you know, if they go to watch porn, even they're gonna, they're more inclined to watch women on women, women just on women. They're gentle, you know what I mean? It's just the way it's 
Not always. <laughs> you find that office one sometimes where it's like, oh boy, I don't know what that intern did, but she's really getting a beating. <laughs> I uh huge fan. <laughs> number one fan, super yes, fan. Taking applications. Uh I don't I just think that it it is. I, I do think it is. I'll say it. I think it's more socially acceptable. All of it. Uh, I think homosexual like. but I think homosexuality amongst women is more socially acceptable than than it is amongst men. Now I it's it's still way more acceptable in the public eye than it was twenty years ago or especially, you know, what why almost forty years ago. Why do you feel like there's still just such a stigma then? I don't know. I, I think it I is because either. I I do think it is We joke about it, you know, and we no, say shit. I think it's whatever, like this. I think it's because I could care less. And, and like you said that not to I, I think that's a stupid term, but I think it's the toxic masculinity thing plays a part in it because a woman being with another woman doesn't make that woman less womanly. Right. You know what I mean? Right. In some cases, it may make them more attractive to the opposite sex. To be honest, I'm not you know? sure it does. Even though we've like had it beat into our minds to believe a man being with another man makes him less manly. But, I don't think it does. Well, it takes you know a hell I mean? of a man, I guess, to to take it in the ass. I mean, I'd say that, right? So, <laughs> so that, right outside of me. I'd put so, it right up there with childbirth if anybody <laughs> wants to mark that one down <laughs> right now. So that that yeah, that supports your point. But I think just publicly, it yeah, there's still it's a viewed stigma. as like yeah. you know some sort of um, demasculating situation, if that's even a word, but. And obviously, definitely at the time where he's partaking, the 60s, 70s, 80s. I, the 70s were probably okay because you had the little free love thing going on, but then I think kind of goes away for a while. And and I think that when, uh, when everybody looks at, I think the social, the most common social perception of homosexual women is the like the stereotypical vision i think in a lot of cases which isn't true is the uh beautiful lesbian yeah it doesn't right? happen if a you lot. want and where the stereotypical view on the male side is the uh what's the f- little dude off will and grace that's very jack jack you know it's that Jazz right hands. yeah it's very eccentric and I, I don't know like i mean very feminine and and you're sort of Whereas I mannerisms feel like and everything else. Most homosexual men could be built like you. Well, and that it, it no, that's the thing. It's become more common. You've heard, you know, there have been a couple of pro football players that have come out and everything else. I mean, you know, I mean, homosexuals come in all shapes and sizes, right? Just like anything. Yeah, else. just like yeah. agreed, absolutely. Just like anything else, I agree but yes, completely. In in our minds, somewhere it's been probably through. The programming we watch, we've been programmed to believe that. And it's funny how that's kind of worked out, right? The evolution of it. Like, our imaging that we had in our brains was probably put there by the media. And now it's the media is the one telling you that you're just... You're, you're an the, asshole. They're the worst fucking person alive if you For think about this. people like that. But they're the ones that painted programmed that picture. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's some tinfoil hat shit, but like... We're getting into it. <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of truth there. No stones unturned no. here at the Blood no, Time not Podcast, at all. guys. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't have any issue. I, we've said it before. I don't care. Love who you love, man. Uh, We're still going to joke me. about it. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. when you're force, forcefully raped here on the Pub Time Podcast, we're going to enjoy every minute of it.
So let's get into crime number one. Um, obviously, you know, um, you know, I don't know his number. I'm assuming it's several, but yeah, we're uh, you know, we're kind of sticking with the theme of just highlighting a couple of the more prolific crimes. So he's believed to have killed his first victim on July 5th, 1984. Um, the first known victim was 19 year 19 year old Jerry Howell, which amateur male prostitute. Yeah, who we just have just talked about, and with whom he had become closely reacquainted with. Excuse me, the year in the year prior to his murder, and whom he'd um, abducted on the promise of driving him to attend a dancing contest and marry him. That's I mean, ne- don't I fall for it. Car. Don't fall for it. Uh, according to Berdella, he plied Howell with alcohol and Valium, uh, both in his car and at his house, until he became unconscious. Uh, he then injected him with a heavy tranquilizer before binding him to his bed. All right. You ever you ever had? No. Volume? volume? No. God damn, depending on what you take and a couple beers, that tranquilizer, I feel like, is just overkill. That's a big down. That's good. I mean, it's good stuff for what it's meant to be for. Like Volume is? Yeah, they give it to people who are, like, psychotic. Gotcha. That so. brings you back to fairly normal. From being psychotic, so if you're normal and you take one, do you have any? Because I know some people. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I had to think about it. I got some perks. I got some perks upstairs, <laughs> which I've told you about those things. That's like parking a fucking truck. You ain't moving, bud. Right? You think about having a beer? Go ahead. You ain't moving. <laughs> that shit is nasty, dirty. So, um, the young man Howell was restrained to. Robert's bed for a period of approximately 28 hours. Uh, throughout the period of captivity, Robert repeatedly drugged, tortured, raped, and violated him with foreign objects, repeatedly ignoring his intermittent questioning as to why he was being treated in this manner and pleas to be freed before, according to Robert, Jerry either asphyxiated on his own vomit or a com- or the combination of the gag and the medicines were too strong for him to be able to catch breath. Now I told you, and we'll get into it, but he keeps basically a diary. So any act he performed on this young man, he makes a note of it. So all these foreign objects, he makes a note of it. He writes it down. Creates proof. I just... And I... I don't know. I imagine somewhere in here I got a list of what some of these foreign objects are, but I feel like it would be at least easier if that's the word to rationalize something like this being done to you if you had done something to wrong this person. At least you'd be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like what? Um, what would you have to have done? I- I'm not give saying me, me. Give me an example. But like, okay, so let's just go back to your Catholic Church thing, like. If yes. one of these priests gets yes, yes, yes. You know, Give him strapped you to a bed, I, I'm pretty sure that he would, in his mind, understand why he was there. Right, for right? sure, yeah. Um, I love that analogy. That's the best one you've probably ever made here. And so some of these, well, most of these people, if not all of them, they end up in these scenarios, and they have no fucking idea why they're there. You know, just like, how did, how, why me? How did I end up here? Oh, for this? Like... No, I get how I ended up here, but for this, I'd be more <laughs> pissed about this than what why do you I'm mean? here. What do you mean, though? I'm saying, like, 
when he's like, you know, keep asking, like, why are you doing this to me? Just like, give me the volume and the beer, and I'm okay with being here, just not for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, just some boundaries, to understand, Mr. Just trying to understand, like, why you? You know, why me? Why are you doing this to me? Type of thing. Amateur male you know, prostitute. What did I you should do? should have never popped that cherry. What did I do to should deserve never told this? Him. Um, wrong place, wrong time. No, 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 no. I think the guy just... Wrong showed profession. Showed his hand. Yeah, yeah, showed his hand. Um, it's kind of like the guy that, uh, you know, if you have that, you know, you have a friend that's maybe mechanically inclined, and now... I'm going to bring my car over <laughs> Now it's like... Hey, you know, hey, Jerry, this dick ain't going to suck itself. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying. Mechanically inclined. You know, or you got a friend that's like... Uh, Really talented at sewing, and you Jerry, need like some sewing done. So you're like, "Hey, you shouldn't have told me not to fucking sew." Jerry, I know you're orally inclined. You didn't get those round lips from eating square meals. Let's work on this. I need some oral support. I definitely wouldn't give him a volume if that's what I'm looking for. Then um, I don't want him sleeping on the job. So uh, Robert would later state that he briefly attempted to perform a cardiopulmonary resuscitation upon Howell. Also known as CPR. After he had died, uh, before dragging his body to the basement. Uh, he then suspended the body above a large cooking pot and made several incisions uh, to his inner elbows and, jug and jugular vein before leaving the body suspended in that position overnight to allow the blood to drain from the corpse. Um, side note. This exists out there, in case anybody's wondering. I know there's weirdos out there, so just so what you know. What do you mean? Like you think this, like... No, this Polaroid exists. Oh, it does? Yeah, unfortunately. So the following day, he dismembered the body using a chainsaw and boning knives before wrapping the sections in newspaper and trash bags. Uh, the bags were later placed inside larger trash bags, which Berdella placed outside for a garbage crew to collect and take to a landfill. Dahmer, so, Dahmer, I think, tried He threw some one. shit out, yeah. yeah. Well, you remember, that's the night the cops pulled him over, and he somehow fucking talked his way out of it. His family sent me bad pork chops. <laughs> I don't know if he used <laughs> that. that that's what he used in the documentary. Everybody's like, oh, you know, they sent me pork chops. I can't do my Milwaukee accent or Wisconsin accent. Uh, so later questioned by officers investigating Howe's disappearance, Robert claimed to have driven him to Miriam as promised, and that the two had parted ways close to Howell's intended destination. Berdella further claimed he had not seen him since. It seems like it was so easy to get away with murder back in the day. Right. God damn it. I would agree, man. Like I miss I miss my another common theme that we've beaten into the ground, especially last year, was most of these fucking guys were either questioned or even in custody or incarcerated at one and point in time. Still couldn't fucking get it done. And still you know, somehow continued blows my mind. Operate like literally, almost every single one could have been, you know, nipped in the bud pretty quick. Uh, so, as would be the case with all of Bardella's murders, he kept a detailed log, which you have mentioned, where he documented each act of sexual and physical torture inflicted on his victims. He would recall that, like the subsequent victims, he would hold captive. Um, how repeatedly pleaded for his ongoing abuse and torture to cease throughout the period of his capture. And although Berdella would either ignore his pleas or taunt him or threaten him, um, he still, I guess, pleaded and pleaded. He would remain adamant to investigators that this would be uh, not for his enjoyment, 
but he termed it uh, physical and mental satisfaction. And now Bob or Bobby, now that we've become acquainted, he's kind of a big dude. So he just spent 28 hours fucking, you know, pushing you to the brink of death. You know what I mean? Then he's going to sit there and fucking like taunt you. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of weird. That sucks. You've already fucking thrown the kitchen sink at my asshole. See, and I dislike these types of people more than like the Kempers and the Dahmers of the world because I do think that they at least... I do think that them it was a means to an end. Um, It wasn't something they necessarily... They did it, obviously, for to fulfill some fucking weird satisfaction or whatever, but like... Right, this guy's torturing you to feel better about himself. But it's... I don't think it's anything they ever really felt good about. I think they really felt shame about their... Uh, the fact they were taking these people's lives and everything else. I mean, shit, if Jeff just could have found himself a dude that would... I love that you call him Jeff. If, if he I love, just, if I he, love it. It's like we're friends. If he could have just found himself a guy that would hey, hang out drug and me, do drug whatever, me and fuck drug me, me and fuck me, do it again Please. tomorrow and the next day... Call me back, don't eat me. He probably wouldn't have killed anybody. Don't eat know? me. I seen you nibbling on them toes last night. That's about <laughs> enough of that. But the reason he did all that goofy shit is because everybody always leaves. You know, that's what he said. They Everybody always leaves me. So now you could say, no, Jeff, maybe don't be so fucking weird. People might not leave you. Yeah. But there's plenty of ways he went wrong where he probably <laughs> could have kept a guy around for a little bit. Maybe. Um, so uh, on September 26, 1985, shortly before... Your birth. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bradella answered a phone call from an acquaintance named James Ferris. That's November 15th, in case anybody out there was wondering. Please um, send gifts. Send gifts to the pub. Uh, so he got a phone call from James Ferris, who asked to stay at his house for a short time. Uh, Robert Bobby accepted the specific intention, um, accepted with the specific intention of kidnapping Ferris whom he arranged to meet at a bar that evening, uh, despite the brutality to which he had sus- had subjected his first three victims, who we just discussed one of, uh, Bobby claimed that Ferris was the first victim upon who he intentionally inflicted torture. That's I'm gonna call horse bullshit. Shit. Yeah. yeah, I said you threw the kitchen sink at the first guy, so um, liar. He also informed investigators that there were occasions during his final three victims, periods of captivity, when he ceased making additions to his abuse logs because he assumed the victim would not uh, be able to make it much longer. Which is disturbing. Um, So he brings Ferris home, drugs him uh, with crushed tranquilizers that he had concealed in a meal, um, then ties him to his bed before torturing him almost constantly uh, for approximately 27 hours. Now, wasn't there a movie called 27 Hours? Where that guy, Pocket Knife, oh, when he takes cuts his, his arm, arm off. off the elbow. Something like that. Something. It Fuck. might be longer than Let's that. Let's remake but... this one. Yeah. No, I think it was 27 Hours. Is it? Yeah, because he's like uh... pinned in the rocks. Yeah, James Franco yep. or whoever. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly who it is. I think we could remake it. And so the torture included repeated admi- administering of 7,700 volt electrical shocks to the shoulder and testicles for up to five minutes in each instance. Fuck the shoulder. 
give me the shoulder all day. I don't care. Ugh. We were remember, just talking about the ball bag. Remember those watching Mike Happy Hour Mike with this little shock machine? I don't machine? know. I don't know what kind of volts that thing. I, it ain't seventy seven hundred. I guarantee. That's like a. That's not even a car battery. I don't know what he's hooked. I don't know what he's got hooked up. Mm. Probably. I don't know. I need to know now. What's not even a car battery? The one they got or this? No. Thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the. I don't know what volts is to amps. Kenny, you're out there somewhere. You should know this shit. Let us. Let us know. I need to know. Cold cranking amps on that Dodge out there is about 685. And I'm fucking, it'll zip you. It zipped me before. So <laughs> I don't know what that to volts is. That might be 770 amps. I don't know. I don't know how that wow. converts. Um, But to the testes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the that, ball man. bag. Wrinkly, crinkly bag of skin. I don't want no part uh, of it. So he would also perform acupuncture via hypodermic needles to the neck and genitals. Oh. Very obsessed with the genitalia, this man. Uh, he gradu- gra- gradually became delirious. He's a cock hound. Uh, Ferris b- gradually became delirious, and uh, Bradella continued his physical and sexual assaults and, until he noted that in, in his log that Ferris was unable to sit up more than 10 to 15 seconds. Um, yeah, you're better off just trying to play dead, I guess, in this scenario. I, I... You give him the bear treatment? <laughs> Maybe a little possum. <laughs> um, George Jones is not going to help in this situation. So, you know, the next entry in the journal read that, you know, very delayed breathing. And finally, Bradella noted that Ferris died with a slang term he used in his career as a chef, 86. Time to throw it out. Um, uh, which Bradella later explained meant anything... From throw it out to stop the project. Todd Stoops was twenty three year old drug. This is another crime, I'm assuming. Yeah, I kind of okay, matched. That's them fine. Together. So, so yeah, Todd Stoops, twenty three year old drug addict, uh, and sometime prostitute who, alongside his wife, had twice lived briefly at Bradella's house in 1984. Um, Stoops and his wife moved out of the home. Uh, for the second time, and Bradella did not see him again until a chance encounter at the Kansas City. Um, Liberty Memorial Park on June 17th, 1986. Bradella invited him to his house with an offer of lunch and with an added incentive of sex as Stoops stated that he needed $13 to purchase drugs, the equivalent of about $33 as of 2002. $33. Up front. For let me get get up inside you. Sex. $33. It didn't say oral. I don't know. I don't know. $33. I guess it... Depends on how bad you need $33. Blowjob, I'd consider it. <laughs> Anal, no way. I'd be top tier for that. Top tier, high dollar. I'm going to have to because I'm going to be you out. Know, I'm going to be out for a couple of days. You know how tight this thing is? <laughs> you know how I am after some tacos, so I can't imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I fuck a good... Good burrito put you, my ass out for a day bargaining. or two. I can just see you bargaining with a with a customer. Like, listen, I ain't no cricket. Like <laughs> <laughs> this thing, unflowered. <laughs> you want some of this? Um, so he later would stress to investigators that he had been extremely physically attracted to Stoops, and this victim was held captive for two weeks before he died. Um, and he died with him gradually increasing his captive's terror to make him uh, a cooperative and incapacitated sex slave. 
Verdella used electrical shocks through Stoops' closed eyes in an attempt to blind him and inject drain cleaner into his larynx to try to silence his screaming. So these other poor bastards, two days, you know, constant torture. This poor fucker has made it two weeks. That's terrible. And, it, you know, this this type of behavior, Robert Bradella would have been, he's the guy I've been looking for. For what? To handle people like himself in the prison system. Instead of executions, we need... Send them to Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. Yeah, send them to Bob's Bizarre Bazaar, yeah. And it's just, you know... This for the rest with, of your life. Yeah, and yeah, you get nursed back to health, and it's over and over again. Uh, back to ancient Chinese medicine on your ball bag. Uh, so during the second week of his capture, Stoops asked Bordella for a soft drink and a sandwich. Uh, Bobby refused, and Stoops burst into tears. Could you imagine just that? Like, could you please give me a soda and a sandwich? After all this? That's the least you could <laughs> no fucking shit. do. And you're so broke up about it that when he says no, you just burst into tears. That'd just be terrible. Oh, my God. That's just so sad. I mean, Now, listen, you didn't get your sandwich. This is your punishment. And so on June 27th, after what, a couple weeks in cap- you know, captive in the torture room, wherever it is, he ruptured Stoops' anal wall with his fist, causing bleeding and discharge. I mean, that probably goes without saying. I mean, ruptured. How do you? I, Could you fit your fist in your ass? I would, Could you? I don't know. I'd, I'd rather you? not. Could you? I would prefer to not find out. As you've said, that's though, not a yes. Apparently, or no. my two ass live raccoons comfortably concealed. Two live raccoons. My my fist is much smaller than two live raccoons. Yeah, um, I. I don't know. The guy gosh. just wanted a fucking sandwich. Don't bet against Bobby Bordella at the bar punching bag game. You will lose every time. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's, you got to think, man. Like, he just got it. I mean, he, he got his fist in there, and he just had to be fucking going to town. Ruptured. Jackhammering that thing. Ruptured. Like, all I can think of if, like, I got my, my fist stuck in a hole somewhere and just Trying to rip it the fuck out out. of there, man. Gotta get it out. I I don't know. I don't even know how that happens. That's terrible. So towards the end of the captivity, he tried to feed him ice cream and soup. Too little, too late, Bobby. And although Stoops wasn't able to keep anything down, where's it going to go? Yeah, it's going to leak out of you. And uh, by the final day of his captivity, Stoops was so weak that Bordell later stated that he was unable to, uh, to breathe in a sitting position. And so on July 4th, 1986, Stoop died. A forensic pathologist later testified that the ruptured anal wall caused septic shock, which proved fatal. I've been in that situation a couple times. At least I feel like. Not with someone's... Nobody's using me like a puppet, but... But you've felt like you've ruptured your anal wall? And this might be the end. (laughs) I've been there, so I I kind of feel with my guy a little bit. Just so terrible uh, of all the ways to go. And the fact that it, it's not even a, a a mortal enough wound to kill you instantly. Oh, yeah, to lay there and die. Get sick and die. God. Because to be septic, I mean, some shit's... So they finally catch this motherfucker. 
at 1 a.m. on March 29th, 1988. So this, we're talking almost two years, you know, after the anal wall rupture. Um, he abducted his last victim, a 23-year-old male prostitute named Christopher Bryson. Uh, he lured him to his house upon the promise of payment for sex. And, and at Robert's home, Bryson was knocked unconscious with an iron bar and then bound to Bobby's bed where he was subjected to similar methods of abuse and torture endured by the previous victims. Although Bryson's, although in Bryson's case, Berdella repeatedly swabbed his eyes with ammonia before exclaiming to him, the only things you need to think about are you, me, and this house. How fucking frightening is that? You know what I mean? The smell of ammonia will fucking put you out. This cocksucker is pouring it in your eyes Yeah, I mean, now. have you ever like ate a this hot wing and accidentally thing. rubbed your eye? This is the last fucking thing you're going to see. You, me, in this house. <clears throat> no. No, thank you. So, by the third day of his capture, Bryson had earned sufficient trust from Berdella to persuade him to establish a daily regime of tying his hands in front of him after his sexual abuse rather than above his head and, um, and to the bed upon the excuse that Berdella's doing... Uh, well, excuse me, Bordella's doing so was restricting the circulation of his arms. So, so he says, like, hey, can you tie my hands in front of my body instead of stretching me out? He was a performer. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so the following day, he managed to break free of the restraints by burning through them using a book of matches that Bordella had inadvertently left in the room uh, within his reach. And when he had left the house, Bordella left a book of matches within his reach when he had left the house on accident. That's what he used. Um, so he manages to escape the house by jumping from the second floor window Wearing nothing besides a dog collar. <laughs> What's so fucking funny about that? <laughs> it's not the junkyard dog. What are you laughing at right now? Have you seen that? It reminds me of. Have you seen that uh, little? It's like a. It's a podcast with Bobby Lee. Yeah, and he says Tiger like blood. he was. He says he was raped by. Uh, Don't with you laugh? <laughs> Don't you can't laugh? You just did. He's nah. like, if you laugh, I'm leaving. I'm gonna say it one more time. Yes. <laughs> Um. So he jumps out the window wearing nothing besides a dog collar around his neck, uh, breaking a bone in his foot in the process, and then he ran toward a meter reader walking across on the other side of the street. What is so funny? <laughs> I'm just imagine you're this motherfucker that's the meter reader, and you see a naked man with a dog collar running at you. Like if you just, it looks terrified. Like I, you don't know if like he's... I said the junkyard dog is the only person I would just Ugh. with open arms. Um, so he's shouting for this individual to call the police. Um, the individual led Bryson to the house he had been approaching, whereupon the occupants promptly called the police, who arrived minutes later. On the afternoon of his escape, Berdella was arrested on charges pertaining to the sexual assault of Christopher Bryson. He declined to allow officers inside his home, and the search warrant earlier requested was drafted to search his property. Uh, 334 Polaroid pictures of various male individuals were found stowed in various locations within Berdella's house. These pictures showed Christopher Bryson and several other men, both in life and in death, and many images had been taken as the subjects had been tortured. The search also uncovered numerous restraints and sexual devices, pornographic literature, hypodermic needles, and a book on narcotics. Atop a chest of drawers in one bedroom, officers discovered a stenographer's pad, uh, containing the detailed torture logs um, that he had maintained for each victim. So, so guilty, I mean, red-handed, guilty as can be. You've got fucking visual evidence. Right. You have written evidence. 
and now we have someone alive to at least testify Tell you what to happened. it. And so on July 22nd, 1988, a grand jury formally indicted Berdella for the murder of Larry Wayne Pearson. Uh, the following month, he was arraigned and pleaded guilty to in the Fourth Circuit of Fourth Circuit of the Jackson County Court before Judge Alvin C. Randall to the first-degree murder of Larry Pearson, despite initially pleading not guilty to the remaining five murder charges on September 13, 1988. With the agreement of his two defense attorneys, Berdella ultimately conducted a plea bargain uh, with the prosecutors to avoid the death penalty and these remaining charges. So like most of these assholes, he's scared. In the long run, he's scared. He don't want to die. No, he's okay with putting other people to sleep. But. Yeah, and I fucking hate that shit, man. Although, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably rather, you'd think in most cases, you'd rather die than spend life in prison. But and now, we we did not discuss Mr. Pearson, but uh, there were details there, but I, I felt like the first one was a big one because, you know, it is what it is. Right. And then the other two we talked about, I mean, were the one, how, how do you not? How do you I not mean, talk about the anal, anal rupture, rupture of any sort of orifice. Uh, so he formally uh, pled guilty to each of these charges before Judge Robert Myers in the ja- Jackson County Circuit Court. Um, in response to these guilty pleas, Judge Myers imposed five further concurrent life sentences with an additional condition barring any future prospect of parole in the sole case of first-degree murder to which he pled guilty. Uh, at 2 o'clock p.m. on October 8, 1992, Bordella complained the prison staff of heart pains and it was taken from his cell to the prison infirmary. Uh, the medical staff determined that his heart was unstable and called an ambulance. Uh, Bobby was taken to a hospital in Columbia, Missouri, where he was pronounced dead from a heart attack at 3.55 p.m. He was 43 years old. And shortly after the, shortly after the judge at his trial, Alvin Randall, was informed of Berdella's death, and in response, Randall sarcastically remarked, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that part. That's fantastic. That dude is cool. I don't. Huge that's fan. that's one thing. I don't know how. I don't know how people do it. Like we talked do about, it. like you know, we talked about even being like a referee. You know, which obviously I did it for a little bit. You talked about it, but like you always say you couldn't do it because you'd have or you'd have a hard time doing it because you would struggle be with very biased. with being unbiased. Yeah. And when you think about you know being judge, it's very similar. Except for like, there's a very like, the there's not a lot of room for judgment. I mean, a lot of cases there, there's a lot of precedent and black and white, blah 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 blah. Follow and to sit there in some of these cases and and listen to some of these people and um, not all of them are trying to. uh, I'll tell you, not all of them are trying to appear innocent, but to know that you still have to go through the process of like hearing everything and and making a fair judgment. While you're sitting over there, I need to know what's what what was the judge's name in the KC Anthony case? Oh man. Just look it up. You got your phone okay, right there. Okay. Well, I thought you were like that was like a pop quiz or something. No, just for later. I'll look it up here. Now that you say that, because I do feel like obviously there are rules you need to fall follow and there's shit that's happened previous. Roe v. Wade other historic cases that you need to basically follow suit. You can't really go against the grain because they're going to take it somewhere and right. it's going to get overturned anyway. And that looks, you know, that's poor on your behalf. Yeah. Belvin Perry Jr. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Is the uh, 
judge of the case, Casey Anthony's case. No, but I, f- I feel like, you know, and you'd be talking a capital murder charge, you know. I wouldn't mind being the judge in some of those. Beyond a shadow <clears throat> of a doubt, you know what I mean? And a lot of times in these jury trials, the judge is just there to make sure everybody follows the rules. And then they, I think they issue the sentencing yeah, based you, off. You're basically at the mercy of your lawyer. Who brought the better lawyer? Because that's all the judge is going to do. Usually. Because you might bring shit up that he's not going to allow. If you if you had a choice, because I, I do think sometimes you get it. I don't know if always, but I think sometimes you get an option of... Jury trial. If you want a jury trial or a bench trial. Jury trial. You'd rather have the jury than the judge? Yeah, because nine times out of ten, give me some crusty-ass old white man. Depends on what the fucking... What's the charge? Give me the right. charge. Murder? What kind of murder? I'm just saying in general. Like the one case that I had to Give go me jury. testify in court. Give me that, jury. that individual chose a bench trial. But I think that... Because I'm pretty sure it's got to be unanimous decision, right? Um, I think it depends on what, so you only gotta what sway. the stakes are. You only got to sway a couple of them. I think it depends on what the stakes are. In a, in a case the where there's the death penalty as an option, I think it has to be unanimous. Right. Um, Give me the jury. We're yeah. talking murder, so it's going to be murder. Give me the jury. OJ would agree. Touche. Why wouldn't you? You have a better opportunity. You have 50-50 shot. That's, what, that's that one, one case where, yeah, I'd say for sure, because OJ benefited from the fact that it was a jury trial. You have to so sway one person. There was that's a, it. a bench trial. You're toast. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But that was saying that Casey Anthony was a jury trial, right? Yeah, I still don't know how that fucking bitch got off. I don't either. Belvin Perry what? Junior. Thank you. That's all I need to know. So don't forget, get on the Facebook, Twitter, wherever you do your social media, ing. Vote for round one, Albert Fish, Larry Larry Bryant. Uh, You'll be hearing um, Richard Chase. Richard Chase, who later this week, Vampire of Sacramento. Yeah, he will be the opponent of our friend Robert Berdella. Berdella is the number three. I th- I think he's I think he's gonna stick around. I think he'll be making it into the semis. Think so? I don't know. That's my. I think it's gonna be top heavy. You know what might be interesting, and I don't know much about Richard Chase yet, but just knowing this and knowing what may be coming with Berdella v. Albert Fish in the semis, it sounds like, based off of Berdella's skill set, it might be a matchup that Albert's looking forward to. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I mean, this is a guy that made his children smack him, you know, spank him on the ass with a nail studded paddle. If this is torture, chain me to the wall. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. I know it. I can see it now. But no, it'll be interesting. So there Bobby's going Bobby's to walk into that alley and he's already going to have himself tied up. Like, come no, get me. No shit. So we got him right now. The, this uh, ass can handle anything you got. The Kansas City Butcher in the books. Yep. Well, what do you think? Can we wrap this up? Yes, it's time to get Alvin Perry lined up. Here's to those that wish us well. All the rest can go to hell. Fuck you. Hey, hold on now. I got to get back. There we go. Fuck you, Alvin Perry Jr. <laughs> Drake, take us out.
Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Wow, wow, wow.